Welcome to Pathfinder Academy. Class is now in session. Here are your professors, Caleb and Christian. Good morning, class. You may be seated. Today's lesson, Pathfinder 107, Character Creation. This is part of our 100 series all about playing the game. And Christian, this is actually the end of our 100 series. Yeah, we made it through all the way. You know, if you wanted to start playing the game, you just completed the like roughly seven hour tutorial, <laughs> but you're not done yet. There's still more. So uh, now in the future, our next episodes are going to be part of the 200 series, which is all about how to GM the game. And just like when you listen to the 100 series and there was advice for both players and GMs, it's going to be the same thing for the 200 series, just a little more focused on GMs or GMing. Today we're actually, I got the papers right in front of me. We're going to sit down and actually sit through making a character sheet, going through each step, the math involved, and the steps you would take to actually make your own character sheet. Right. And in our extra credit, we're going to be covering uh, kind of how to flavor your character. So this will just be kind of the mechanics of it. Yeah, you want to come up with a concept usually before you start making the character right. sheet. But this is purely going to be mechanical. We're not going to be throwing any flavor in here. We're just going to be doing a lot of number crunching. Mm -hmm. And this episode is going to be kind of, you know, a little bit rules heavy about, you know, how to build stuff and a lot of mechanics. But we do have an extra credit that will come out right after this that involves... A lot of more fun, a lot of more, you know, character creation based on ideas and builds that we've done in the past. And we have a guest on that. The second time ever having a guest, Andrew from Softly Speaking Sanskrit. So if this doesn't interest you, that one absolutely should. So make sure to tune into that one. We'll talk about more at the end of the episode. Making a character can be, honestly, two polar opposites. The best or the worst. It can be like, oh, I don't want to make my character so boring. I like how many ability points. Oh, there's so many feats I have to go through all of them. Or it can be like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited to make this. And I think I think the one thing that makes the difference is if you have an idea for the character you're making. Yeah, if you're like really excited to bring something to life, and you're like, how can I represent this idea I have mm -hmm. through the character sheet? That's when you really get into it. Right. So what kind of character are we going to build today? We are going to be building a cleric because as a cleric, you kind of get a little bit of everything. So we get to touch upon every part of the character sheet. So no matter what character you're building, we'll have part of it covered. All right, cool. If you want to follow along, go to your favorite search engine and just search Paizo character sheet, Pathfinder character sheet. But don't you dare bang. I swear. <laughs> I swear by everything's holy if I see you bang. <laughs> just get the, the simple Ask basic. Ask Jeeves, you know. That's Dog pile. Duck, duck, go. You www.www.com used to be a search engine. Why? Because <laughs> they had the best web address. I assume they went out of business because people were like, how, what? <laughs> I don't know how they didn't do better than Google. They have the best web address. But if you go. That's to... it. We've named our character. Our name, our character's name is Jeeves. Let's write that down. First thing you have to do is come up with a name. It's actually sometimes the hardest part. It, oh, yeah. I leave that blank for a long time. Usually yeah. I'm like, oh, what's um, No, that's been done before. Right. It's cheesy. <laughs> Luke Skywalker. Excellent. Christian does love Star My Wars. My own original character, <laughs> Luke Skywalker. <laughs> So yeah, feel free to print out a sheet and follow us along. The only way you're going to get better at making sheets, because it is kind of difficult when you first start, is doing it a lot. The way I originally learned is I was running a campaign, or I was going to run like a one-shot or something, and I made about four characters that were pre-made characters that if someone didn't want to make their own character, they could use. I don't think anyone ended up using any of them. I think maybe one of them got used, but it was really good experience because I made a, like a fighter, I made a spellcaster, I made like an alchemist, so I learned all those mechanics. I have never sat down with a pen and paper and made a character. I have always used software online. It's an important point. I do suggest at least doing the character sheet once or twice, but there is software you can get mm -hmm. that can help you create a character. Me and Caleb both have Hero Lab. Mm -hmm. Hero Lab, please pay us for this endorsement. Yes, yes. <laughs> Hero Lab. Uh, your catchphrase here. <laughs> um, but uh, Paizo has been talking about how the game has become so complicated at this point that they are actually very much... Uh, reliant. They think people are now reliant on Hero Lab, and they work closely with them. It's a partnership between uh, Paizo and um, Wolf Flare. Wolf Flare. Wolf Flare. Wolf's Flare? Uh, Wolf Flare, something like that. Wolf Flare. <laughs> for the We're next five, getting this endorsement all wrong. For the next five minutes, we will just be saying the word Wolf's Flare over and over again. <laughs> Different ways. Wolf's Fair. Mm, Want to go to that one. 
because there's different, but that's almost not, that's for character creation. If you're making a level 10 character, it makes it really easy. A level one characters, you can do a pen and paper, no problem. And then, you know, leveling up each, each thing, you're, you know, it's easy going from one to two, two to three, but going from zero to 10 can be rough. But the main reason they're kind of talking about using Hero Lab is because there's a lot of things that involve math and math, as we all know, is the worst. Like, oh, uh, you have a negative level or you have ability point damage. Here's all these things that are affected. It is a crunchy system. I, I, that's the main thing I use here a lot. Not necessarily for the creation, but keeping track of all my stuff. It's yeah. wonderful for keeping track of all the spells you use, all the special abilities you have and their DCs, all the feats. Like, your mm-hmm. DM gives you a bonus feat. You can add that in the specific bonus feat section so you're not looking at your character sheet later like, why do I have weapon focus rapier? Right. You, you know what feats you have access to, which ones you don't, uh, all sorts of things. But all that aside... Now, if you don't want to spend money... Like most of us don't. There is a free program called PC Gen, I think it's called. Okay. Uh, you can always look that up. It's free. <laughs> right. It, it works, but it's free. Right. So you get what you get. But after all that, ignore everything we just said because making a level one character is not that hard at all to do on a pen and paper. So we're going to walk you right through it. Not hard, but it is a little time consuming. You got right. to be prepared to sit down for 30 or more minutes maybe. Right. Especially if you've never done it before. Right. How long do you have to sit down for? We'll check the length of this episode, <laughs> and you'll have an idea. Let's uh, we, we've we've dilly dallied too much. Let's get right off the bat. So we're building a cleric, and we're gonna have to walk in with an idea. So the idea for our cleric is we want him to be kind of you know almost a frontliner, but also to have some of that support role in in him as well. We're choosing Shellen as our deity, and clerics get weapon proficiency with their deity's favorite weapon, which in the case of Shellen is a glaive, a two-handed weapon that has reach, if I recall correctly. Right. So we want to be able to use the glaive effectively, and we also want to be able to use our spellcasting to aid ourselves and our allies. Right. So we're going to be kind of like in the front line with the glaive, but we're also going to be using spells to support our allies. All right, so now we've got the idea of our character. We know what we want him to look like. So what's the first thing we do? Well... First thing is an on-crunch. At the top of the character sheet, you'll see a bunch of blank spaces that say your character name, your alignment, uh, your name, just so you don't lose the character sheet. You want to fill all those in. It's relatively simple. For a cleric, our alignment does matter. We do have to be within one step of our deity's alignment. Shellen is neutral good, if I recall correctly. Yes. All right, so we either need to be lawful good, neutral good, chaotic good, or true neutral. We don't want to get into the whole alignment spiel right now, so let's just choose neutral good. All right. We're just a good person. We try to help out. We don't necessarily follow a strict law, but we just try to do the best when we can. Yes. And then the rest of it, we are our race is human. That's important. So we're going to go onto the human's race page and look at all the bonuses that that gives us Mm -hmm. so that we can put in our character sheet when we get to those points. Then the other stuff, age, gender, height, weight, you know, all that. We don't need to worry too much about that. Right, it can you be whatever you out. want. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's important to note that, like, they give you some basic ideas for each race, what their height and weight and stuff should be. But that doesn't affect any mechanics. If you're seven feet tall, it's not as if you get a bonus to cover people covering up behind you. You know what I mean? That doesn't affect much. Maybe roleplay will affect a lot, but not mechanics-wise. So the next thing we're going to step to is at the top left of the sheet, you will see a bunch of boxes that say STR, DEX, CON, so on and so forth. These are our ability scores, standing for strength, dexterity, constitution, intelligence, wisdom, and charisma. They can do the tomatoes. Huh? The tomatoes. Oh, I hate I love the tomatoes. I don't like it. You don't like the tomatoes? Guys, we're having an argument here. Listen, let's let's pull back the curtain a little bit. We're trying to decide whether or not we remember we actually went over these in any episode. And I'm like, let's just do the tomato thing. And Christian hates the tomato thing. I don't hate it. I just don't think it's clever. It's very clever. Listen, here's the tomato thing. Strength (sighs) is how hard you can throw. A tomato. Dexterity is how easily you can dodge a tomato being thrown at you. Constantly. And the accuracy at which you throw it. The, yes, thank you, Christian. He's very upset about this. <laughs> Constitution is how many tomatoes you can be hit by without falling unconscious. Intelligence is knowing that a tomato is a fruit. Wisdom is knowing not to put a tomato in a fruit salad. And charisma is convincing somebody to put that tomato in a fruit salad. He is so unamused, it's palpable. 
So as a cleric of Shellen, what stats do we value? He's so upset. He's just like, we're going to move on like it didn't happen. <laughs> this this moment in time did not exist. What stats do we care about, Caleb? <laughs> I want to force you to, to, to be the person that reads to our listeners the tomato thing. <laughs> You'll put me up in a tomato soup Your own on little stage. <laughs> If we ever do a live show, you're coming out and you understand that we've just made a commitment here. Guys, I want to make a sacred promise to you that if we ever go to a live show, (laughs) Christian is coming out in a tomato costume. I didn't agree to this at any point. It's happening, guys. It's happening. So these are very important to your character because these uh, kind of filter down to affect all sorts of different stats. Everything from here on out on the character sheet is going to refer back to these numbers. Right. So the question is, how do we generate these numbers? There are several ways to do it. We'll talk about the ways to do it, and then we'll talk about what we prefer. There is the standard. You roll four D6s. You discard the lowest die result. Add the three remaining results together. Record this total and repeat this process until six numbers are generated. Assign these totals to your ability scores as you see fit. This tends to create characters with above average ability scores. Uh, The similar way to do this is the classic way where it's basically the same thing, but instead of rolling four D6 and dropping the lowest, you just roll three D6, add them all together, write that number down. Roll another three six, add them all together, write that number down. Then you distribute those numbers for your ability scores as appropriate. Now this, the reason it's called classic is this is kind of the way it was done in, in 3.5, if I remember correctly, or you know, people used to do it kind of this way. Uh, and this can be made even more random by the order you roll the ability score. Uh, your numbers is the ability scores it goes through. So the first time you roll, that one goes to strength. The next one, dex. That can make some very unoptimized characters. A good way, but a good thing about that is that if you're going in without a strong character idea and you're not really sure where to go with it, you can use that method where, like, you roll for your strength and that's your strength score. Like, you don't get to move the numbers around. Like, you can get those numbers and be like, okay, I have an idea of what kind of character I want to play with these stats. Absolutely. Good, good point. So next is the heroic way to do it. You roll 2d6 and add 6 to the sum of the dice and you repeat this 6 times. So it's essentially the, cla- uh, like, uh, classic, except... You just treat the first die as a six. But the method I think that both Christian and I enjoy the most is the purchase method. Otherwise referred to as point buy. Right. Point buy is essentially the number, uh, your ability score costs you a certain amount of points. The lower your score, the less points you spend. The higher your score, the more points you spend. And then there's different ways to do that. A low fantasy campaign, you would use a 10 point buy. Standard fantasy 15, high fantasy 20, epic fantasy 25. It's not a one-to-one ratio, and if you want to use the point-by method, there's a lot of... You can just search Pathfinder, point-by calculator. There's a nice table as well uh, that you can find on their site. Just for an example, the standard 10 is your standard. 10 is costs no points. You can have 10 in all your stats, right? Then you have your, your points to spend. If you have it at a 7, you actually get 4 points back. But if you bump it up to a 15, you've spent 7 points, even though you've only bumped it up 5. I prefer using High Fantasy for my campaigns. Uh, 20 point buy. I think that makes makes players who feel powerful but not overpowered. Yeah, I tend to go back and forth between 20 and 15, depending on the campaign. For this character, we did a 20 point buy. So start out by default, put 10 in all of your positions. Just start that off that way and then see what you need to increase. So uh, like we said, wisdom was our really important one for right. a cleric. So let's bump that up to 14 because we need wisdom for all of our spell casting. The other stat we want a little bit of is strength because we do want to use the glaive. We want to hit stuff with the glaive. So we're going to bring that up to a 14 as well. Yeah. Constitution is going to be important since we're going to be uh, pretty much a frontliner. So let's put that up to 12. Next, we're going to need a high charisma because that affects our channel positive energy. So let's bump that up to 14. Uh, clerics only get two skill points a level. So we want a little bit of intelligence. So we're just going to bring that up to 12 for now. You'll see later how that informs our skill points. And right now we have one point left over after all of this. So we're just going to put that in con, bring it from a 12 to a 13. You'll see that later on as you level up, you get to increase the ability score slightly. So, you know, the next point we'll put into that. Now, we still have our human racial attribute bonus. We can pick any of these and we can add plus two to it. So we're going to pick wisdom because we want that to be high for our spell casting. And we're going to bring that from a 14. We only purchased the amount for a 14, but now we're going to bring it up to 16. Now, every race has a certain way it affects ability scores. Some are set, like you will get a minus two to dex and a plus two to charisma, and you just have to do that. But humans are special. You can pick plus two of anything. 
half-orcs and half-elves also follow that rule. Now, we have numbers, and you see that we have a lot of even numbers. And the reason for that is because until you reach an even number, it actually won't affect the majority of your stats. So next to your ability score box, you'll see a box called ability modifier. For every two above 10, you add one to that. So for example, for strength, it's a 14. So you have a plus two there because we are four above 10. Now, the 14 for strength, that's not actually a really important number. You're really using those numbers to figure out your modifier. Right. The modifier is what we're going to be using on the majority of this character sheet. So we're going to go through all of these and figure out what our modifier is. Mm. We have a dexterity of 10. We didn't, we didn't exceed 10 at all, so this is just a plus zero. We have no penalty to dex, but we also don't have any bonus to it. Con is 13. Since we haven't reached 4 yet, but we are 2 above we get plus one. Now later on as you level up, you can add points to your ability scores. This will probably be a good candidate to increase so we can get our modifier increased by one. When you we go from 13 to 14, it would become from a plus one to a plus two modifier. Right. And then everything would update retroactively. Next is our int. It is a 12. That would be a plus one because it is two over 10. Right. Wisdom is 16. Well, we are six over 10, so it's a plus three. Just divide the number in half. And lastly, we have charisma. That's another 14, like our strength. So that is going to be a plus two modifier. So we've gotten the most important numbers that will inform our character. Yeah. Remember these numbers are no to refer back to them because, like I said, everything from this point on this character sheet is going to refer to these ability modifiers. Clerics are a strange case. Usually uh, stats would be a bit more polarized. You would have higher numbers in some than others, but clerics are kind of very spread out in their stats. They kind of need a little bit of everything. Right. If I was a fighter, say, want to be in the front line, I'd probably have a lot of strength and a lot of con. So next, after we've gotten all these stats down, the next thing we want to determine, toward the top of our character sheet, we'll see a slot that says HP, our hit points. Very easy to figure out at level one. We're going to look at our cleric class, which says its hit die is a d8. At level one, you get the maximum hit points for your hit die. So we get eight plus our constitution modifier. We have 13 con, so that is plus one. So we get eight plus one. We have a total of nine hit points at level one. We are going to be jumping around on the sheet. We're not going to go linear, linearly. We're not going left or right like you're reading a book. Right. We're going to skip around a little bit because some of the things you need to fill other boxes before. You can't really right. figure them out yet. So from hit uh, hit points, we're going to go down to where you see the words fortitude, reflex, and will. These are your saving throws, and we can determine them right now. So on our class sheet, again, on the cleric class sheet, we will see on the table at level one, we have base saves, and there's a little box for base saves, and we're just going to fill them in. Their fortitude is uh, two base, their reflex is zero base, and our will is two base. The next box says ability modifier. Each one of these saving throws is tied to one of our ability scores. Fortitude relies on constitution, reflex relies on dexterity, and will saving throws rely on wisdom. So we're just gonna take the ability modifiers from each of those and fill them into the ability modifier box here. So our con was 13, so we have a one for fortitude. Our dex was zero, so we have a zero for reflex. And our wisdom was uh, 16, so we have a plus three, so we have a plus three to our will saving throw. After we've done all that, we're gonna just go through, add all those numbers up, and then fill in the total. So fortitude is two plus one, three. Reflex is zero plus zero, zero. And our will saving throw is two plus three for five. So we are very resilient to will-based attacks, mind control and things like that, demoralization. We're pretty resistant to things that attack our physical well-being. We're not very quick. We can't dodge things very well. No, no, not very well at all. So base attack bonus is determined by your class. If you listen to any of our advanced class guides, look one of the first things we talk about is your, your base attack bonus progression. With clerics, they have what? Three-fourths. Clerics have three-fourths progression. So you see the little table there for your class. So we start off with plus zero. The base attack bonus box is right below the saving throw box. Now base attack bonus is your ability to hit stuff. Whenever you calculate uh, to hit bonuses, base attack bonus is going to be used in that. It's actually going to be used right below this. You'll see two boxes that say CMB 
and CMD. This is your combat maneuver bonus and combat maneuver defense. Forever confusing players around the world. Yes. Roll your CMD. Was that B or D? D as in dog, oh my gosh. It should have been CMA, combat maneuver attack. Yeah. This is your CMB, your combat maneuver bonus, is if you try to do something like trip someone, disarm someone, basically do anything that's kind of like hitting them but not actually hitting them, right. you, you do a combat maneuver bonus roll. Your CMD is whether or not people can do that to you. So we have the boxes here that tell us how to calculate it. Uh, it's our base attack bonus of zero for our CMB, plus our strength modifier, which is two. Or a plus sign, as Christian just wrote down. I was going to write a four because it was 14. This is hard. <laughs> uh, and then if we had a size modifier, we would add it, but we don't. We're a medium-sized creature. We get no penalty or bonus associated with this. So we have a total of two in our combat maneuver bonus. Then we go down to our combat maneuver defense, and we can see the formula is 10 plus our base attack bonus, which is zero, zero. plus our strength modifier, which is two, plus our dexterity modifier, which is zero again. So, so now we're 12. We have a 12 CMD. So we're not very good at resisting these kinds of things. Right. It's essentially your CMB plus 10 plus your dex. So let's talk about weapons. Uh, we wanted a glaive because that is the favored weapon for our, our deity. So we'd go to whatever website of the book. We'd either go to the equipment table or we'd go to whatever website we're using, the SRD, and find the weapons table, and we'd find the glaive. So we write down glaive. You're going to see attack bonus. The attack bonus for any weapon is always calculated the same. Attack bonuses tend to throw people off, but it's a very, very simple formula. It's your base attack bonus plus your relevant ability modifier, either strength or dex, and then plus whatever miscellaneous bonuses you might have because of your class, because right. of your feats, because of your race, anything like that. Our glaive here is based off our strength. We're swinging it. So we're going to use our strength modifier, which is two, and our base attack bonus, which is zero. So it is a two right now. You get a plus two when you roll your attack. You'll see that it criticals uh, three times damage, which is more than usual. Usual, the standard is times two damage. But this weapon is a times three. Also, sometimes here you'll see if it criticals on a different number. Sometimes things will critical on a 19 or 20. Or 18 or 20. And some of them will even do times four damage when they crit. Type, which is the kind of damage you're doing. This one's only slashing. This is important. Sometimes you'll come across things that won't take damage or take less damage from a certain type of damage. The three types of damage are slashing, piercing, and bludgeoning. Range. Uh, this is a melee weapon. But it does have reach. So we have a 10-foot range. We can hit people 10 feet away from us, but we can't hit people directly adjacent to us with this weapon. There's a little slot for ammunition. You don't have to worry about that. This, this, this is a melee ammunition, weapon. The bodies of my enemies. <laughs> if you're using a ranged weapon, you would obviously want to keep track of ammunition. Or if your weapon has special properties or something, you could throw it in there. And then damage, and this is informed by the weapon. For our glaive, it's 1d10. You add your strength modifier. Because it's a two-handed weapon, we actually get to add our strength modifier in a half. It's going to be a plus two and half a two is one because of math. So it becomes a plus three. And now you have your weapon all filled out. Now, we don't want to run around with just the glaive. It's what we're going to be primarily using and what we always hope to use. But the thing about Pathfinder is that not everything is going to go as planned. What if there's an enemy that's flying and harassing us? Listen, what if we fight the Grinch? You cannot hit him with a 25 and a half foot pole or a 10 foot pole. <laughs> You've got to use a ranged weapon. Or suppose someone grabs you. They grapple you. You can't use a two-handed weapon when you're grappled, so you're going to want to have a one-handed weapon. So something very simple for any one, uh, first level character is the dagger. Let's see if we can do this a little bit quicker now that we know how weapons work. We write down dagger for attack bonus. It's the same as any melee weapon. Plus two as we calculated before. Zero from our base attack bonus and two from our strength modifier. It does it times two on a crit. It also crits on a 19 or 20. So we can write that down. 19... Then you can just put a little slash and times two. Type, it does piercing and slashing damage. You can either jolt or slash. It does have a range. You can throw daggers. And it has a 10-foot range. That throws people off sometimes. That doesn't mean that if someone is 15 feet away from you, you can't throw the dagger at them. What that means is that for every 10 feet past your range, you take a minus two. So if you're throwing it at someone 5 to 10 feet away, you would just throw it like normal. If you were throwing at someone 15 to 20 feet away, you'd throw it with a minus two. Ammunition, I guess itself. <laughs> one. <laughs> uh, and then damage, from informed by the weapon, 1d4. 
plus two for our strength modifier. It's a one-handed weapon, so just our strength modifier. Now, we did mention we can throw the weapon. Like I said, the attack bonus is determined by the relevant modifier. If you're stabbing someone with the weapon, you're going to usually be using strength. But when you throw it, you use dexterity. Our character is very dexterous, so it's going to be a different bonus if we go to throw it at someone. Normally, it's a plus two if we go to stab them. But if we go to throw it, it's going to be our base attack bonus, zero, plus our dexterity modifier, zero. <laughs> so we get a plus zero Yay! if we go to throw it at someone. I'm so. not going to be throwing things. Well... This doesn't look like a very viable ranged weapon, and we need to have some sort of ranged weapon. What should we do, Christian? Well, we can grab any other simple ranged weapon. As a cleric, we only have proficiency with simple weapons, plus our deity's weapon. So we'd look at the simple weapons list, and we see that the ranged options are like javelins. If we went through like javelins or spears. Nope. Uh, maybe a crossbow. Nope. That costs money. It does but, cost money. Uh, I do want to make a, a, a case for call. Crossbows are good at low levels because... Uh, you kind of just do like a straight damage no matter what level you are with the crossbow. So that's a good thing for low levels, but we're going to say we don't have a lot of money here. So why don't we go with sling? Yeah, slings are literally free. It costs you no money to pick up a sling. And it took down Goliath. It's got to be pretty good. So we're going to write down sling in our weapon slot. Again, the attack bonus is going to be our base attack bonus. This is a ranged weapon, so plus our dexterity modifier. Zero plus zero. The critical is times two. The type is bludgeoning. This has a 50-foot range, so nice. we're not going to be taking penalties most of the time. You would purchase ammunition. You do have to buy sling bullets. Mm -hmm. We won't deal with that now. And again, the damage is inferred by the weapon. A sling does 1d4. And then we get to add our strength modifier to a sling because we're actually using our arm, so plus 2. Right. Everyone has a weapon called unarmed, and this is punching you guys to death. Punch, 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 punch. Unarmed strike is what you would call it. And it's a plus two, like we talked about, because it's a strength-based weapon. Times two crit modifier, bludgeoning damage, melee range, no ammunition. And it does 1d3 plus our strength modifier, two. Now, we want to mention here that this is a very special weapon because it can only do non-lethal damage. Also, if you go to punch someone or unarmed strike someone, it invokes an attack of opportunity. Yeah. So this is like, you're desperate. You yes. don't usually want to do this. Right. There's some people that are designed to be really good with it, but not mm, us. Not Definitely not our character. So we're going to flip to the backside of our character sheet now, and we will see big old boxes that say AC items. AC standing, standing for... Atlantic City, where we're near. Yes. I can't wait. Okay. So I uh, have a, empty my box because I, I lost everything. I have a hooker, <laughs> and I have... An poker STD. <laughs> what other stereotypes of Atlantic City are there? Floodwaters? <laughs> Shoebies? No, this stands for armor class. So this is where we're going to purchase our armor. Right. As a cleric, we have proficiency in both light and medium armors. So we would go to either the book or the whatever webpage, look at the armor listing. We're going to pick a medium armor because we want some good AC. And we're going to buy ourselves some scale mail. They pick scale mail because it's pretty cheap and we don't have a lot of money at first level. There's certainly some better options like a chain mail shirt. As you level up or as you progress, you can buy that. So our scale mail gives us plus five AC. It has a max dexterity bonus of plus three. What does that mean, Christian? It doesn't mean much for our character because we don't have a dexterity bonus. But suppose we had a very, very dexterous character who had 18 dexterity. Good use of the word dexterous. <laughs> if they had is, that, is that like somebody who likes to watch Dexter? Good show. <laughs> If they have 18 dexterity, that means they have a plus four modifier. If they were wearing the scale mail, which has a max dex modifier of plus three, that means it would basically limit the use of their last dexterity modifier. They would only benefit from the plus three, not right. the full plus four. Right. And when we actually calculate our AC, we'll see more about what that means. It has an armor check penalty of minus four, meaning that when we start the skill part of this character sheet, any skill that involves, say, you know, climbing, sneaking, swimming, anything kind of physical like that, it will take a minus four penalty on those things. So the, we want to be protected, but we're not going to be sneaking around or swimming or anything like that. There is a arcane failure, but we don't cast arcane spells, so we don't care about that. If you were a wizard, you wouldn't be wearing scale mail. Right, but, but if you if you were, if you did, you'd have a 25% chance for your spell to fail. Since we cast divine spells, we don't have to worry about that. Yay, divine spells. Now, we also have to keep in mind is that the scale mail slows us. It's going to reduce our movement speed, which is why we skipped over the movement speed earlier. 
In fact, let's jump back to that. So our movement speed as a human, as a medium-sized human, would be 30 feet. That's kind of the standard movement speed for every creature. Which confers to six squares of movement. Right, because each square is five feet. So now with our armor, we are slowed. So we actually are slowed by 10 feet. So next to that box, you'll see another box. And you can put in there 20 feet or four squares of movement. If we were a small race, a lot of small races have a base movement speed of 20 feet. If they wear heavier armor, it gets reduced to 15 feet, meaning they can only move three squares around. And then there's some races like dwarves who have a racial trait where they can never be slowed down by any armor. Let's actually, now that we're on this side of the page, let's go to the box that says AC and actually calculate our armor class. We'll see another little formula to the right where we calculate it by 10 plus our armor bonus. Our scale mail gives us a plus five, so we'll write a five in there. Plus a shield bonus. We don't have a shield. We have a two-handed weapon, so we can't use one, so no shield bonus. Plus our dexterity modifier. Zero. We don't have one. We don't have a size. We're, we're so sad about that. Every time we're like, oh, we don't have one. <laughs> we don't have a size modifier. We don't have anything else to do, add to our AC. So our AC is just 10 plus our scale male's armor bonus of five. So we have an AC of 15. Not the highest AC at level one, but not terrible. That's fine. We have healing stuff. So let's go back to our example, though, if we had 18 dexterity okay, and we had plus four dex. Our armor bonus is plus five and our dexterity modifier is plus four. So that would be a total of 19. Gotcha. But the problem is the scale mail says that our maximum dex modifier is 3. So instead of being 10 plus 5 plus 4, it would be 10 plus 5 plus 3. Wah, wah. So we'd only have 18 AC total. I see. We can also, underneath the AC, you'll see a box that says touch and flat-footed. Touch AC means that someone, for instance, is touching you with a spell. Your armor does not matter in that case. Christian, where did he, where, where he touch you on the spell doll? Show me. <laughs> Show me, Christian. Right in the natural 20 zone. <laughs> so our touch AC is going to be our AC minus our armor and shield bonuses. So that's just going to be a 10. We don't have any dexterity. We can't dodge right. anything. Right. Our flat-footed AC is if someone catches us by surprise and we can't dodge their attack. Our armor still matters, but we can't dodge attacks. Thankfully, our character doesn't have a dexterity modifier, so it's still 15 for us. <laughs> Thankfully, we're bad, so it doesn't matter. Now, you might be wondering, hey, if I had a negative dexterity modifier and I got caught flat-footed, does that mean that my AC would go up? No, it doesn't. It you just <laughs> You wouldn't add one or two or whatever. You would just keep it as it is. But I'm glad you said that, Christian. Let's go back to our AC. If I have a negative dexterity modifier, if I have a negative one, I have to add a negative one. Right. Your AC will actually go down if your dexterity modifier is below 10. Talking about dexterity, dexterity informs something that's important for every encounter, initiative, the order that you go in. Not far from the AC box, you will see the initiative box, and it will give you a very simple formula, dexterity modifier plus miscellaneous modifier. <laughs> our dex modifier is zero, and we don't have any sort of miscellaneous thing at the moment that affects our dexterity. Our initiative is plus zero. Now, the reason we're saying plus sometimes, and sometimes we're not saying plus, is whenever you say plus, it's usually going to be something like you're rolling. Like, you don't roll AC, so your AC is just a plain old 15. But you roll initiative, so your initiative is a plus zero. You roll attack, so your attack is a plus two. So it's kind of helpful. If you see a plus, you know you're going to have a dice roll of some sort involved. If you see a regular number, somebody else is rolling a dice. All right, guys, roll initiative. Does it have a weak spot? <laughs> and how many feet away is it from me? Has anything in Pathfinder had a weak spot yet? And while we're on the subject, can a dragon fit in the room we're fighting in? Well, it depends. Anyone have Crisco on their equipment list? Yeah, I picked it up. Uh, last time we were in town, I grabbed it. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, then definitely. Absolutely. Well, Kev, I have a question. On my character sheet, it says you gave me half a million gold last episode. Oh, is that right? Yeah, I, I got that, too. I, I wrote that down. <laughs> if we could not be children for, like, three seconds, I would like that. So pretend that you're having fun for once. But they entertain themselves pretty darn well. I shoot it in the face. Of course you do. Without any diplomacy, it's right in the face. You shoot it. It's a Medusa, you said? Yeah. Yet another copyright infringing, non-original <laughs> character. I, I'd like to roll a sense motive on the DM, please. The GM, I'm sorry. I don't want to not say copyright. DM, man. We just got not. Wow. Don't you want to get us copyright strike? You guys have iTunes here? Obviously, you have Tolkien here, so. <laughs> Tolkien came across, and his elves and his dwarves. <laughs>
Did you like what you just heard? A couple of guys hanging out, role-playing? That was Trailblazers, our actual play podcast. You can find it every Tuesday right here on the Trailblazer Network. Hope to see you there. That's it. Rocks fall. Everyone dies. Everyone roll in your character. <laughs> I have a feeling this is going to take a lot longer than 10 minutes. Now we're going to move on to the really fun part of making a character sheet. The skills boxes. Look at that. That takes up like half the page, Christian. Yeah. Like I said, nothing in here is inherently complicated, but it's a lot of small math. So determine the amount of skill points you have that is determined by your class. Clerics are stated that they get two plus their int modifier in skill points every level. Our int modifier is plus one, so we get three skill points. But we are also a human, and humans state that they get an additional skill point every level. So we have four skill points to spend. Yay. Before you get into any sort of spending, you're going to look and see what are your class skills. And that's informed by your class. Derp, derp, derp. If you didn't know that, stop listening. I shouldn't make fun of you. Listen, I am stupid. <laughs> and you would only... You're getting you're getting written up for that. You're yeah. going to get a complaint against <laughs> no. you. Listen, the level of stupid I am is like at the point where if anyone like actively tried to reach it, they would never acquire <laughs> the level of stupid that I am. So I just have to bring others down to make myself feel better. That's okay, right? <laughs> I, I think that's what we all do in the All end. right, cool. Excellent. <laughs> so your class skills as a cleric are, and you just can just kind of put a little uh, X in the check mark box or a check. Uh, appraise, diplomacy, heal, linguistics, sense motive, spellcraft, and then several knowledge checks. Knowledge arcana, knowledge history, knowledge nobles, knowledge planes and knowledge religion you see there's some slots with some lines next to them you'll see craft craft is if you had uh if you wanted to say you were an alchemist or something and you wanted to craft things you'd put points into craft alchemy perform if you were a bard it's a very important one for you you have perform oratory and you put points into that singing dancing drums things like that and then profession is something that anyone can have and whatever profession you pick you, it's automatically a class skill for you. So if my backstory has my cleric as a baker, I put profession baker, automatically class skill. So now we have our complete list of, of skills to pick from. Now, remember, you could put points in any of these skills. Just the ones that are class skills means that you are better at them. You're going to get a small bonus, as we will see. So the first thing you're going to do before you even pick what you want to do... Actually, I already said the first thing you do is look at your class skills. So I guess this makes it the second thing you're going to do. The second thing you're going to do is you're going to put in the relevant modifier on each of these skills. And which one fills up which one? It says it right next to it. So, for example, where it says acrobatics, you see it says dex. So I do dex modifier. Go down and put down all of those. Yay! This is fun! So after you've written, you've done the fun and arduous task of writing the same five num- six numbers over we and over and over they, again. We told you they would inform your character. You didn't believe us. Now you get to start distributing your skill ranks. So let's let's pick a skill that we want to level up for our cleric. We want our cleric to be good in. I think knowledge religion would be most fitting. Yeah, that's an easy choice when it comes to lore, um, lore reasons. So we already have our little int bonus next to knowledge religion that is a plus one. In our ranks, we're going to distribute one of our four skill ranks into knowledge religion. When we do that, because this is a class skill, we're going to get a plus three in the miscellaneous slot. The first time you put a skill rank into any of your class skills, you get a plus three. Otherwise, you just get the point you put in. Mm -hmm. Now I'm going to add all these up. One for my int modifier, one rank, plus three for being a class skill means my knowledge religion check is a plus five. I can barely do that. I'm so glad I don't have to like go back and do calculus three or linear algebra. <laughs> Gosh, calculus kicked my butt. Uh, so hard, guys. Uh, so hard. <laughs> now you might be thinking, hey, why don't I put more ranks in a knowledge religion so I'm better at it? The maximum number of ranks you can have in a skill is equal to your level. We're level one, so none of our ranks can be higher than one. Right. Meaning that we have to pick three other skills now that we want our cleric to be good in. Well, you know what I like? I like healing. I'm a cleric. That's kind of one of the things I do is buff and help my allies. So why don't I put a point into heal? So our ability modifier is a three plus the one point we're putting in. Now we get a plus three miscellaneous because it's a glass skill. So now three plus one plus three, we get seven. Our heal is a plus seven. Notice I put the plus there because we're going to be rolling it. We want our cleric to talk to people as well. So we're going to put a point in diplomacy. We have a two from our charisma ability modifier. We're going to put in one rank. And then we're going to plus three because it's a class scale. Add them all up. Two plus one plus three is six. 
My plus seven's better than your plus six. That's all I'm saying. Well, you had wisdom, jerk. <laughs> uh, lastly, we're going to put a point into spellcraft because we're looking at our party here. Maybe we might be the only caster. You need somebody who kind of knows about magic and stuff, so let's make sure it's us. So we're going to put one point in because we're int modifier. I'm sorry. We get plus one for int modifier. We're going to put one point in. Plus we get three because it's a class skill for a total of five. Yay. Yay, we get a plus five. So now that's we only have four points, so that's what we spent. Everything else is just plus whatever that modifier was. Except, oh, oh, the, this weird thing on the sheet that's a little star. Yes, Christian, that little thing that's a star. It means it's trained only. It means you can't use it unless you have at least one point into it. We talked about this in our skills episode. If you're more interested about all the skills here, you can listen to our part one and part two of skills. So just to go off what Caleb was saying, we can still do any of these other checks as long as they don't have a star next to it. So we can make an acrobatics check. It's just that we have zero dexterity, so it's going to be plus zero, but we're also wearing that armor. So we're actually going to take a minus four on our acrobatics check. Oh, no. So if we make an acrobatics check, we roll 1d20 minus four. So this is actually a very bad point on the Paizo character sheet. It does not state which skills have armor check penalties on them. It's pretty easy to figure out. I'll go through them right now. It's acrobatics, climb, fly, escape artist, disable device, ride, stealth, and swim. So, so if you put points on any of them or you're wearing armor, you have to apply your armor's armor check penalty to them. Yes. And if you take off your armor for any point in the day, you don't have you don't get those penalties anymore. <laughs> you really need to jump over that gap, take off your full plate, throw it across the gap, <laughs> and then follow it. <laughs> and watch as you fail your roll and it falls down the cliff. <laughs> so we've covered skills, I think, pretty much as, as, as much as you can cover. Between our old episodes on skills and this, you should be pretty darn set with that. So next, uh, because we're a cleric, we get to pick our spells. This is kind of one of the most interesting, unique, and fun ways, and really something that really puts your character apart from every other character, even characters of your same class, is these spells. You can pick them new each day because you're a cleric, and you can just really have fun with it. So we're not going to pick anyone specifically right now because it'll change based on your playstyle and what you feel like doing or what you think you're going to be coming up with against that day. So we're going to go to the spells slots on the back of the character sheet, and we're going to see a bunch of boxes in a column under something that says spells per day. Spells per day, we can figure out via our class table. We go look at the class table. It's going to tell us how many spells per day we get. So we would look at the class table. That tells us how many spells per day we get for being a cleric. It's kind of weird. It says one plus one. So we're going to write down the one in spells per day. The plus one is our domain spells, which is a mechanic we'll get into when we cover the special abilities part. But for now, it's just one. There's also a little column that says bonus spells. You have to follow the link on the page or you have to find the page in the book that states whether or not you get bonus spells for how much of a casting stat you have. We have 16 wisdom, which means we're going to get one bonus spell per day of level one spells. So we have two spells per day plus one domain spell, which I'm just going to write on the side there. Yeah, yeah, I get customizable with these sheets sometimes. (laughs) Uh, To the left of that, you'll see a box that says spell save DC. This is a very, very easy calculation. It is 10 plus the spell level plus your casting stat modifier. So in our case, it's going to be 10 plus a spell level plus uh, 3. So our level 0 spells are going to have a DC of 13. 10 plus 3 plus 0. And our level 1 spells are going to have a 14. And then our level 2 spells are going to have a 15. And then our level 3 spells are going to have a 16. It just goes up 1 every spell level. All right. Then we just pick our spells, which we won't go through now, but we'd look at the cleric spell list. We'd say, hey, what spells do you want to prepare today? Right. Now, you said something domain. What's domain all about? That is one of the cleric's class abilities. After we fill in all this basic information, we would go to the class description of cleric and look at what special abilities they get. One of those special abilities is the domain. The domain's a pretty crowded ability, but we get two different domains associated with our deity. For Shellen, we have picked the luck domain... And we're also going to pick the defense domain. So I can pick a domain spell from either of those domains that is given to me in those domains. So I'd either go to those pages or that web page to find out what they are. But I get to pick one domain spell from either of them. I get a few spell-like abilities for my domains that I'm going to add to my special abilities. I get the ability to uh, called Bit of Luck. I get to use this a number of times per day equal to 3 plus my Wisdom modifier. So I can use it 6 times a day. And I'm just going to write that in the special ability. And I'm just going to remember that I can touch someone and then they get to roll two d20s and take the higher result 
next time they do something cool, cool. within a round. The other ability I get from our defense domain is called Deflection Aura. I can only use this once a day. And I'm just going to remember that I can give everyone plus 2 AC within 20 feet of me. Now, the defense domain has a little extra bonus just for having that domain. Ooh, I love extra bonuses. I get a plus one. You get a free Rice Krispie Treat at every <gasps> session. Do you have Rice Krispie Treats? I don't. I need some now, though. <sighs> I'm like a child if you just mention ice cream. Ice cream? <gasps> ice cream! Voice <laughs> Krispie Treat? Boy, we have a lot of sponsored content here that is not getting <laughs> us any money. We don't need it. We do it out of love. <laughs> I just love you, Rice Krispie Treat. I'd like to take this moment to sing a song about one of my favorite treats to eat. Macaroni and cheese. My ode to macaroni. In my days of dark and dread, you kept me warm. You kept me fed. The perfect blend of cheese and ecstasy, oh, my macaroni and ding, my cheese. Kale, that was beautiful. Mac Let it out, my friend. Let Mac it out. Mac and cheese got me through so many hard times. <laughs> so we are uh, we are a cleric of mac and cheese is our, <laughs> is our deity. And we get some cool domain spells. Uh, you see, we can we have like the cantrip create water. We can create cheese at any point. <laughs> and then we have another cantrip create macaroni. So we can just mix that up all day long. It's really the perfect class. <laughs> so back You're to- so moved. <laughs> you, just, you can't go on. So from the defense domain, we have an ability that says, hey, as long as you have this domain, you get a plus one resistance bonus to all of your saving throws. What? What? So we actually have to go adjust our character sheet. We're going to flip back around to the saving throws boxes. A miscellaneous modifier box. I see what we use it for now. We're going to put a plus one in all of our saving throws. And now all of them are going to go up by one. Cool. So now we got to go through the rest of our special abilities for being a cleric. We also get channel positive energy. Yeah, we do. We can use this a number of times per day, equal to three plus our charisma modifier. Our charisma modifier is two, so we can use it five times a day. And it heals everyone within its radius, uh, 1d6. If I choose to heal, but I can also choose to harm undead, in which case it would do 1d6 damage, but it also has a DC associated with it. For them to resist it. The the DC of the saving throw is equal to 10, plus half my cleric level, plus my uh, charisma modifier. Now, this is a great opportunity to talk about whenever you see half, always round down. There's a few exceptions, but almost all the time, if you have to round a number, round it down. It will usually state exceptions by saying minimum one. Right. So since it doesn't say uh, minimum one, we get 10 plus half our level. Half of one is 0.5, so zero. Plus our charisma modifier two, the DC is 12. So all I wrote on my character sheet was channel positive energy five times a day, 1d6, dc12. All the relevant information you need should you use it. You're, you're D, if you just, you don't have to write a full description of what it does. Your DM will be able to tell you, like, this is what channel positive right. energy does. I know as a cleric, you have to right away pick whether or not your channel positive energy is going to heal, peop- heal uh, people who are alive or heal undead and harm people who are alive or harm undead. If you're neutral. Since we are a good cleric of a good goddess, we can only heal. We cannot gotcha. harm living things. Listen, that's all I want to do anyway. Got to get them undead. Them undead, we got to make them dead. Dead. We also get another small mechanic called spontaneous casting. We can basically drop off any spell we currently have prepared for a cure spell of the appropriate level. Or inflict if we were a, um evil character. So I'm just going to raise spontaneous casting on my special ability slot. You'd also have to have a mustache that we twirl and go, <laughs> as we have women tied on train tracks. So we have the bulk of the character sheet done. You could almost, you basically take this almost and start playing it. But there's one more thing we have to take care of, and that is the feats. And we save this for last for a good reason. Because it's overwhelming. <laughs> Absolutely overwhelming. If you just go, if you have a book, it's going to be fine. You look at the feet table and you'll be like, this is not bad. But if you're on like the SRD online and you go to the feet table, you'll be like, database with 8,000 options. Right. Oh my goodness. I literally have on Hero Lab and I haven't bought all of the things that would allow me to have different feats. 1,310 feats to pick from. Luckily, I don't qualify for all of those. <laughs> so... An easy way to filter through feats and picking them, the, the way feats work is that they're small customizations to your character. You get one feat every odd level. So at level one, we get one feat. But also, because we are human, 
we get a bonus feat at level one. Yes! So we have two feats that we have to pick through. So I'm going to write human and uh, first level feats on my little character sheet so I can tell the difference between them. Now, this is something that, like, spells is completely up to you how you're running your character. We're just going to give you an example of what we thought would fit with this character. But you, you, the way you typically pick them is that you look at either a number on your sheet where you're like, I want that to be higher. I want my saving throw here to be higher. I want this skill check to be higher. I want my AC to be higher. I want my hit points to be higher. Or you look at one of your special abilities and you say, you know what, I want something that interacts with my channel positive energy ability. I want to look for a feat that does something with that. So as an example, I look at, I look at my, my points here and I say, wow, my hit points are pretty darn low, especially for somebody who wants to get in the front. So I'm going to pick the toughness feat because the toughness feat will increase my hit points. At level one, we get an additional three hit points. So again, now that we, we saved the feats for last because now we're going to have to flip over, go to our hit points, and we're going to have to bring it up from 9, add 3, and bring it to 12. We also have another feat to pick from. We want to have more channel positive energies. We want to be able to be a healer. We want to be able to help our allies. So we're just going to pick extra channel, which gives us two extra channel positive energies a day. So now we can do it seven times a day instead of five. So I have to go back to my channel positive energy ability and bring that <laughs> because, up to seven because five plus two is seven you guys know this you are not a child <laughs> but i hope you appreciate me demeaningly talking to you like children <laughs> so now that we've gotten our feats you guys can pick whatever you want you can pick hp saving throws like we have a really low reflex save maybe we want to right. bring that up there's some unique things that will inform kind of like role playing almost there's but, racial things that's right things that happen just because of your class or your alignment if you or or even the god you worship if you're an atheist you can get a feat that lets you heal spontaneously but there's something else that very much helps with role playing and these are called traits they're made available with the advanced players guide oh no Caleb they're not on the character sheet that's fine just put them on the bottom of feats the character sheet was designed before the advanced players guide came out note they're optional they are and they're like little bits of like uh you grew up in the slums and now you know how to talk dirty and intimidate people with your words and you can get a plus one to intimidate checks stuff like that you can use that for role play or if you have something that's kind of like low like christian was talking about we've got a really low reflex of just plus one there's a trait called deft dodger i'm gonna pick that guy and now i brought it up to a plus two traits have their own specific rules there's categories you can't pick more than one category it's an optional thing so we won't go over it too quickly too, uh, too in depth the, the database for traits is almost as high as the database for feats. There's a whole lot of them. And then in Ultimate Campaign, they came out with drawbacks where you can add a drawback, which is a negative thing, so you can pick another trait. I don't think I've ever actually done that. No. That's too open for cheesing. It's a cool one. There's like, I think, I know, I think I did that once. There's one drawback that was like, you must always get more gold than everyone else when you loot something otherwise you get some like negative 40 or ac or something because that i thought that was gonna be pretty fun to role play like okay can i just <laughs> i'm missing one gold what's happening good good <laughs> i've got it as i pet the one gold piece he's got the one guy that's just like just have the one extra gold and like ah, ha, ha. <laughs> i found you gold piece you are not mine you're all fools <laughs> <laughs> I'm the richest here. <laughs> I love it. Oh my gosh, I think we're done. Wait. No. No. We're not. Well, there's there's other optional things. Uh, favored class bonus. This is kind of optional. I kind of suggest everyone to do it because it's a little bit of customization. It's just a small bit of power. Mm -hmm. You pick a favored class. In this case, we're going to pick cleric. Every time you take a level in your favorite class, you get either plus one hit point plus one skill point, or plus one to something determined by your race and class. Right. Every race and class combination you'll see at the bottom of the class table has some special thing they can do. Well, most. There are some that, uh, like, so if you picked a cat folk gunslinger, I don't think there's a favorite class for That's that. highly specific. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, if you want to get, like, a special favorite class, you know, look those up. But so for us, you know, we're humans, so our, our optional favorite bonus is that we can have plus one versus outsider. Spell resistance. Spell resistance. Mm, we're, we're not going to be casting a lot of offensive spells, I don't think. we don't think. have a lot of health, so we're just going to throw in hit points. So I, if you guys wanted skill points, we only have four skill points, I could see that too. Mm -hmm. But I'm just going to throw in hit points. So we went from having nine hit points, we took toughness, and we took 
the extra hit point for our favorite class bonus, bringing us up to 13, which yeah. is, we now have not bad amount of hit points. Great. Last thing you want is gear. Everyone starts out with a free outfit. Everyone gets to be clothed, unless you're running, you know, that kind of campaign. <laughs> that kind of barbarian. That stays at, like, the entire, cloth, the, entire, the, entire, <laughs> the entire campaign stays in bathhouses. That's all it is. It's just, a, the world is a series of interconnected bathhouses. <laughs> It's really interesting, actually. <laughs> no, no, it's not. No one do that. What horror have I inflicted on that one person that said, oh, that's a fantastic I can think of, like, politics involving that. And, no. like, you know, the high class would have, like, jacuzzis and the low class would have, like, little mud. This is like mods. Snowpiercer, but everyone is that one train car where everyone's just getting high. In the- <laughs> All right. Thank you for the three people who have seen Snowpiercer. That's <laughs> right. laughing at that's right. It was, didn't even get a theatrical release, right? I, I only saw it on Netflix, regardless. Yeah. Thank you, Netflix. It was weird. There are other sponsor, apparently. <laughs> it was interesting. Um, but let's talk about your gear. You you start out every every um player based on their class and on their level gets a certain amount of money to start out with. For us, we get uh forty six times ten gold piece. Most people just take the average, which is one hundred and forty gold. We could spend it on gear. Ooh, I want a jar of honey. Something you also get for free is you get a kit based on your class. We have a cleric, so we get the cleric's kit, which is. You don't necessarily get it for free, but it's just a very, very cheap option that gives you a lot of stuff oh, that's right. nece- necessary, like ropes and candles right. and cooking pots and jerky. Uh, 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 uh. Soap. <laughs> Soap, yes. For our bathhouse campaign. <laughs> <laughs> Bath salts. Oh, wait. <laughs> See, the, the anti-paladin is just so pissed off. He's like, all the pigs around here are clean. I must kick a dirty pig. He walks around the jar of dirt to rubbing pigs. <laughs> then he kicks them at people. Ha <laughs> ha. Your bathhouse security is no match for me. Oh no, how can he burn an orphanage? There's no orphanages for him to burn. You know, the bathhouse orphanage in our bathhouse world. <laughs> you can't call them dirty orphans, at least. I can't burn anything. Everything's wet. <laughs> but for gear, you know, we would have had to spend some of that starting gold on our weapon and armor. Like and now we point, now we want to get stuff like rope and right. we've spent sixty gold, so we still have ninety gold left over. Heck, if you have enough, you might want to think about buying like a potion. The level one potion is only about fifty gold, right? Cure potion, cure light wounds, things like that. But you know, you got a little gear slot. Just write it all down. There is weight to things, and that depends on how much your DM gets into. Guys, weight. let's get into a little conversation here. No one, no one ever does encumbrance. Usually, the GMs just say. Are you a maniac? Are you trying to carry around a house? No? Okay, you can carry your stuff. But there are people, there are some people that do do rules as written, and there's encumbrance rules and all that. So write down your weight just in case. Just be reasonable. I do that, and I had someone before kind of cheese it, and they basically had one piece of every gear on their character sheet. I was like, nah, that's not cool. You can't just randomly say, oh, of course I have a wood screw thing. Oh, I just happen to have this, like, um collapsible ladder yeah i was like no that's not okay you wouldn't be able to carry a collapsible right. ladder and a collapsible ram and a collapsible table and I collapsible have a chairs city in my <laughs> also something else to note gold ways so uh, most oh, goodness, almost any that. gm doesn't do that but if they do there is gold ways now the reason i'm saying this is actually we had a uh somebody talk to us about our hunter episode we did and how we were making fun of oh the bonus trick you get and he made a good point he said yeah it's because you guys don't really care about tricks i play with a gm who is strict about tricks and what my companion can do so you know there are things that kind of like funny and come wait who cares there are some gms who will do rules as written and it's important to write those down mm-hmm. must not talk bad about <laughs> gold weight <laughs> it's pretty terrible hiding value in valuable items like you don't, you can't carry around all that gold. So you buy five thousand gold worth of an item of a and very then, expensive necklace that only weighs five pounds. Exactly, and then yes. you know you hope that never gets stolen. You get to your next town, you're like, will you buy this for the same value, please? Christian, yes, I've leveled up. Oh no, why? <laughs> <laughs> because that's part of progression. You know, we there's been studies that have proven that humans will do things if there's just simply progression. 
you don't even need to study. There's a game out there where there's like little anime girls and you just click on them. It's like, it's a wolf anime girl. Click, 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 click. And that's how you kill them. And later that game, the, all the gameplay is just clicking on a, on a picture. So there's actually, we can say there's no gameplay, but it's very popular because, well, first off, there's anime girls. And second, <laughs> not to say, yeah. <laughs> and second off, there's just progression. There's like a level progression. You're like, oh, we're going to get to the next level. Oh. So, <laughs> so progression is a big part of this game. A lot of fun. You get experience points and all that. So if we've gained enough experience points to level up, each level takes a certain amount of experience points each level you get to do something based on your class uh we won't go through the class specific things uh you know look for whatever class you have if you have a rogue it's different than everybody else but we will go across the things that are as appropriate for everyone so let's just go in from one to two what happens well you're, you're gonna want to look at your class table and see what changes between level one and level two as a cleric we can see our base attack bonus goes from zero to one so we'd have to change our base attack bonus from zero to one in the base attack bonus slot, and then we have to go update everything that relies on base attack bonus. So that would be our attack rolls for mm -hmm. our All weapons. of our attack rolls. All of our attack rolls now go up by one. Uh, our CMB and CMD. Both yep. go up by one. Now our, our fort save gets to go up by one, and our will save gets to go up by one. Cool. We get another hit dice. We, we get more HP, and how you determine your HP is dependent on your DM. Some people will you the base method is roll your hit dice and then add your constitution modifier. So in our case as a cleric, we would roll 1d8 and add our constitution modifier of 1, so we would get 1d8 plus 1 hit points. Other people might say you just get half. Assume you rolled half, perfectly half on your hit die. So we have a D8. We would assume we roll a four, so we would get five hit points. Some people say some other fractions, like three-fourths. There's a lot of different rules that we won't get into. Ask your DM how they want you to calculate your hit points. In in our 200 series, we're going to be doing an episode about house rules, and, and, we, and I do a, a thing specifically about how I change how we roll hit dice. We also, when we level up, you're going to get another set of skill points as determined by your class. As we talked about with the cleric, it is two plus your int modifier. So three and then plus one for being a human. We'd get another four skill points that we would want to distribute. Yay. Put them all in perception. Very <laughs> good. <laughs> I don't care if I'm going to level two. I'm going to put four ranks in it. Right. Funny thing, if you listen to our skill episode, we like, we're like, perception's the best. But you notice we didn't put any points perception. In the early levels, there's some other things that are just a little more important at the time. Later levels, you'll end up maxing it out. But at the start, you need some other things first. Also, just because we are a cleric and have a high wisdom, we already have a plus three in perception, which isn't bad. And it's not a class skill for us, so we'd right. just be putting points in to put points in. But we could pick a feat that'll make it class Oh my skill. god, you're right. Alertness. A trait, a trait. Yes, yes, yes. Make the perception the best. <laughs> we must optimize this. <laughs> Uh, you'd also obviously get, you'd have to go through your class abilities, see what you get. We'd get new spells for being a cleric. I think that's it. You also want to check some stuff, like sometimes your domains level up and it won't explicitly state it mm -hmm. on the class table. So, for instance, one of our domain gets a new ability at level 6. It doesn't right. explicitly state that on the table, so we'd have to kind of go back and look to make sure there was nothing else we have to update. Hence why we use Hero Lab. <laughs> right. And then, uh, and you know, we said every, every other level you get a new feat. Mm-hmm. Level two, we wouldn't get anything, but level three, we would get another feat. Our spells keep increasing. Mm -hmm. And every four levels, you get to put one more point in ability score. Like the next one we'd probably go to is constitution. Make that an even number so we can use that to calculate things. No, that's the ability score, not the ability modifier. Mm -hmm. So a smart thing to do, since every four levels you get another point to spend, is to leave one of yours at an odd number and level up later. Mm -hmm. If you are multi-classing, unless you have a special trait or your special race that can do it, you can only have one favored class. So if you are a cleric and a rogue, I don't know why you do that, but if you did... I love that combination. <laughs> if you did that, uh, you could only pick whatever was your favorite. If fire was, was your favorite and you have three levels in fighter, one in rogue, you can only do that three times. The rogue stays as normal. So Jeeves' character sheet is complete. Yep, We got, we got level two Jeeves down here. <laughs> he is the best. And the worst. The worst because I'm an optimizer and this is not optimized. <laughs> like I said, I, I think the big thing is that make a few character sheets. Mm -hmm. if, if you really want to get into the game, especially if you want to DM. If you want to DM, write down a few character GM, sheets. let's not get sued. <laughs> You're right. If you want to DM and you got... You, did it. you literally did it again, right? <laughs> and, and you want to have beholders in your campaign. <laughs> 
<laughs> Beholder NPC. The worlds are crashing together. What else is copyrighted by Wizard? <laughs> Elephants, I think. Uh, probably. All right. Uh, but if, if you want to have, I say write down a couple NPCs of varied classes so that you can personally learn their class abilities and you can be comfortable with calculating a character sheet. Another nice little exercise that I like to still do sometimes is I will go. Lifting weights. I, no, do, I know you don't. I can see you. I do lift weights. That's so offensive. <laughs> He looks really hurt, guys. Christian, I'm oh, sorry. Oh my god, I'm flexing, can't you tell? <laughs> I'm sorry, Christian. I didn't Look, mean it. feel it. It's just oh yeah. <laughs> I didn't mean it. I'm sorry. Very nice. <laughs> what I like coming do, from the 215 pound slob sitting next to you. What I like to do is I'll go to like the NPC codex. I'll, I'll look at NPCs online from Paizo, or I'll look at enemy stat blocks and just see if you can calculate how they get certain things. See if you can figure out why their reflex save is what it is. See if you can figure out why their attack bonus is what it is. You know, it's their base attack bonus plus their stat and whatever. Find out if you can see why their spell save DC is what it is. I both dread and look forward to an episode we do about how to create monsters, how to create NPCs. Because I have never actually created an NPC, so that'll be good to learn. You mean, like, mechanically? Yeah. Or is your world just not filled with anything? (laughs) I have a book called NPC Codex, and I'll just make up numbers. Ah. This guy seems like he'd probably be pretty good stealth. You're a true GM. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I also dread it because that's more mechanic crap to go through. Uh, And once I learn, then I'll probably have to do it just on principle. So thank you for listening to our entire 100 series. I hope you've enjoyed it. Uh, Next up will be the 200 series about GMing, and the first one will be... How to run a session. Ooh, that'll be fun. Now, something I guys really want you to look forward to, what I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, is we have a special guest on our extra credit for this episode. Andrew from Softly Speaking Sanskrit. Softly Speaking Sanskrit is a actual play podcast. You've heard their ads on our on our different episodes. Probably even heard one on this episode already. No, we have it at the end. You'll hear it in a second. <laughs> it was a really good episode. We actually recorded that already, and it was a lot of fun. You guys really look forward to it. If this maybe was a bit dry for you, the other one is a complete opposite. It, it's all about flavor and fun, and it was really fun having him on. It was a great time because we got to talk about characters we have made in the past. We got to learn about characters he's played, and we talked about characters that we've played before and the characters we played with as well. Right. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us for the entire 100 series. Really appreciate all of you guys. And and we really have a lot of fun doing this for you guys and hope to continue doing it in the future. All right, guys. Class is dismissed. Pathfinder Academy is part of the Trailblazer Network. Visit our site for other great Pathfinder podcasts. I've been Nicholas Laborde. Thanks for listening. Hug check. Hug check. Uh, 19. 19. Natural 20. Oh, greatest hug anyone's ever done. You guys are together. Any doubts you had before, vanquished. Any rivalries, anything like that, is gone. You guys are a single unit. Here is Softly Speaking Sanskrit. We know why we roleplay. Why do you roleplay? SoftlySpeakingSanskrit.com